Good evening, Richmond Hill. Please pray with me. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For the past year, I have woken up each morning to a, ritual, to a ritual that has become sacred to me. I get out of bed early, leaving my partner Kevin curled up asleep as my cat Laertes and I pad down to the kitchen. I turn on the kettle to boil water, fill a bowl with cat food as Laertes circles my legs, purring eagerly in anticipation. I grind and prepare my coffee, pouring the hot water over the grounds, savoring the aroma and the steam and the ritual of it all. I sit outside on my front porch and go through the same daily rhythm of prayer, guided by the Protestant prayer beads that I got here at Richmond Hill. Each morning, it's the same dance. Kevin, cat, coffee, porch, prayer. My home, my people, my rhythm. I imagine you all have your own rhythm, whether you live in quiet solitude or are bombarded by limbs and laughter and the chaos of children or pets. These are the daily rituals that slowly shape our days and ourselves and our lives. This is home. I am someone for whom the idea of home has been both a powerful pull and an ideal that has not been without some consternation. I spent eight years living in California, promising my mother I would return home to New England eventually, only to decide to create a home here in Richmond instead. Home can be a place, memory, roots, people. Home can mean belonging. We long for it and we leave it and we seek it and we create it and it creates us. For me and perhaps for some of you, this year has offered ample time for sitting on the front porch and taking delight in the comfort of home and family. And our text this evening is decidedly not about the comforts of home and family. The scene painted in Mark's gospel is almost a dangerous one, certainly a confusing one, filled with the unknown, the unfamiliar, the uncomfortable. Jesus is inside a house, but a pulsating crowd gathers outside and by the end of the scene seems to be inside with him. There is tension and confusion and a little bit of chaos, as Jesus is apparently unhinged, thought by some in his own family to be in need of restraint, accused of being possessed by a demon. The boundaries of who is inside and who is outside this house and this family and this community and even this reality seem to be a little bit blurred. It is here where Jesus utters a parable made famous almost two millennia later by Abraham Lincoln. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. As I sat with this text this week from the comfort of my own home, I thought of the many divides that we've seen around us in this past year. At a place committed to racial reconciliation in a year such as this one, it almost goes without saying 
that racial divides and inequities continue to haunt us in housing, policing, healthcare, transportation, education, you name it. The disparate toll of COVID-19 and the black community and the killing of George Floyd by a white police officer only drove home the lethal nature of those divides. Then too, of course, are the political divides. As we retreat into our homes, as our retreat into our homes has coincided with a retreat into our ideological bubbles, consuming different media and different facts and inhabiting in many ways different realities. A recent poll shows that conspiracy theory QAnon has as many followers in the US as some major religions. Studies indicate that our homes themselves are divided as increased mobility has led to a great ideological sort with more and more people living next to and worshiping with and loving people who think and act and vote just like we do. The body of Christ being no exception. And then home itself is taking on a new meaning. For so many home has meant a haven from the perils of the pandemic, a place to which we've been called to keep one another safe. To others, home has been a prison, literally or figuratively, a place of abuse or conflict or sickness or death or boredom. Still others, home remains precarious due to the threat of eviction or homelessness or tenuous relationships. In a year where we've retreated into our homes, the differences and disparities and divides in our home situations have been spotlighted, uncovered, unignorable. House divided cannot stand. We've spent the past year trying to find God in the rhythm of the familiar, the familial, in the quiet rituals of our home and in the quiet comforts of our people. And in that search, at least, and that search, at least for me, has been good and important work during this time of pandemic. And yet, these very things that we find home in familiarity, comfort, people who are our people also have the potential to calcify us into something stuck, unchangeable, unmovable, and undoubtedly divided. In this text, Jesus calls us to seek God in the unfamiliar, in the stranger, in the crowd. Jesus is right at home in the chaos and doesn't seem to be bothered by it. In the most heartbreaking line of the pericope, when told that his mother and brothers are looking for him, Jesus asks, who are my mother and brothers? He prefers the chosen family of the unknown crowd over his own flesh and blood, who are left undoubtedly confused and hurt outside. His people have shifted. His brothers and sisters are now anyone seeking God alongside him. And he has allowed himself to be changed to form new bonds of kinship in God. As we begin the month of June, we also begin the month of pride, a celebration of the history and resilience and fabulousness of the LGBTQ community. And as I searched for the good news in this text, I couldn't help but see parallels in the good news of pride, a generative, joyful expression of people who know how to love one another across difference and identity, a chosen family for many people whose given families are no longer home. As Jesus calls us to stretch the bonds of kinship, 
to find home in one another beyond the walls of our houses and beyond the bonds of our bloodlines, to love one another with abandon. We can learn a lot from a community who has been doing this for generations. So many of our divisions that deepened this past year demand that we learn this kind of love, to allow ourselves to love, it, love each other in a way that changes us, challenges us, and makes us grow, to find home in the love that we create with one another, across difference, across identity, across the bonds of who fits neatly inside or outside any given community. So my call to you is this. This week, get uncomfortable. Yes, stay grounded in your rituals. I know they are precious to me and to you. Of course, stay present with your people. And I am not preaching carelessness. We are still in a pandemic and for the love of God, get vaccinated. But also come out, come out of the comfort of your homes, both figuratively and literally, if that's possible for you. Come out into the public square. Ours is not a tradition where we should be comfortable. Jesus calls us to love one another, even in its discomfort. Jesus demands that we follow him into the crowd, and he is here in it with us. Amen.